Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. They overall, I mean, it's great. So they added the new stabilization feature built in, so you don't need a plugin for it anymore, which is honestly amazing. The stabilization feature built into it, and it's at no extra cost. So if you add LumaFusion, you can still use it. Uh, they also added the ability to use plugins. Welcome back to iPad Pros. On this episode, we are joined by Fernando Silva. For his 9-to-5, he works for a data analytics company where he uses his iPad as his main computer. And in his spare time, he runs a YouTube channel focused on iPad-related content. In this episode, we cover a lot of ground, including Microsoft Office on iPad, the cloud version of Windows and what that's like using that on your iPad, video editing, Affinity Photo, some accessory recommendations, what it's like using Universal Control now that it is out and available for beta users, and we even have a four-minute Pokemon tangent on how you can bring Pokemon you caught on a Game Boy Advance all the way up through onto your Switch. With that said, I just want to remind everyone that you can now financially support iPad Pros in two different places. First off, patreon.com slash iPadPros. Get episodes early and with embedded MP3 chapter markers by supporting the podcast at any tier. Bonus content is also available at the higher tiers. You can also now subscribe to iPad Pros in Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is an all-inclusive, single subscription. You'll get all the bonus content plus episodes early by subscribing to the show in Apple Podcasts. By default, subscriptions are monthly, but if you go into your subscription settings in the Settings app, you can switch it to a yearly plan. My thanks to everyone that currently or has in the past supported the podcast financially. This podcast is not a quick one to produce, and your support is greatly, greatly appreciated. You can also support the podcast for free simply by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. No matter your region, it really does help. The reviews help send the right signals to Apple to show this podcast more in search, helping others discover the show. If you have a minute today, I'd really appreciate you opening up the podcast app and leaving a review. My thanks to everyone that has already done that. With that, here's my interview with Fernando. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Fernando. Hey, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. Oh, you having me. Yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell me a bit about yourself. I know you work on the iPad, but kind of tell mm-hmm. me, you know, what do you do on the iPad, uh, kind of your background with it? Okay. So the iPad pre-2018 was just kind of like a, a throw around Netflix, you know, YouTube machine. Yeah. Like I would never, never stay up to date with the latest iPad. I think the iPad I would use to throw around was like four years old, like one of those you know, classic iPads. And then, and, uh, how remember, old are you for perspective? Um, how old am I? <laughs> Oof. Oh, right now. Well, right now I'm 28. So okay. I'm thinking, when was this? Uh, I mean, we had like iPads around the house that we would always throw around and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? When I was right. like in high school and, and then like, I really had my were just never dying and people using like, exactly. You always pick it up. Yeah. yeah. I always pick it up. There's always juice on it. So if, like somebody's watching something on the TV, you know, you can put something else on yeah. the iPad. <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, and then in like 2017, I think it was, uh, my dad got the the first gen iPad Pro, that okay. big 12.9 inch yeah, yeah. with the bezels, that oh, yeah. Apple pencil that's stuck on the bottom. Mm-hmm. He got that. He used it for like a year. He really liked it, and then he just stopped using it. Okay. So I was like, I was like, can I borrow it? Let me try this thing out, right? Yeah. And then that's when I started to realize, like, oh, this thing's kind of like crazy. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like clunky to move around, right. especially that form factor. Right, it's kind of clunky, but it's like really fast. It handles every app that I throw at it. Right, it was still—I mm. think it was running like iOS 12 at that point, yeah, or maybe iOS 11. Uh, but LumaFusion was already out, so I was playing with LumaFusion a little bit in iMovie first, and then that's when I realized when I started exporting stuff, that I was like, this thing is kind of <laughs> fast. Yeah, right. It's it's ugly looking and it's clunky, and I don't yeah. know where it really fits in like a professional world, but it's fast. Yeah. And then once Apple released that 2018 iPad Pro, I was like, this thing. It's so beautiful, yeah, <laughs> and it and it works so well. And then iPadOS 13, I jumped into the beta program, and I just kind of started falling in love with it. And basically, I started to move my workflow into ways that I could move it into the iPad, right? Because I just yeah. had so much more fun using the iPad, even if it took me a little longer to do something that was faster to do on a PC or a Mac OS. I would still go to the iPad just because it was more fun to use, and it looked prettier, and it was easy to move around. And people will be like, "Oh, what are you using? That's not that isn't you know that's not a laptop." Especially back in 2018, before iPads were like you know yeah like now everybody knows what an iPad is right. Especially and they're more common now. You have the Magic Keyboard thing. I even saw that on exactly 
like a this is us episode uh one of the main characters had the ipad pro and a magic keyboard it's like that guy's on oh that guy's an ipad that's crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is wild yeah because before the 2018 ipad Pro, all the ipads looked the same and then the yeah. 2018 just looked like a slab of glass you know it was really pretty but uh but yeah so i mean i use my ipad for pretty much everything you know email imessage LumaFusion edits i use affinity photo for all my thumbnails I use I use the whole Microsoft suite to run both like the chi- channel finances, but then also I use it for work when I'm on the go. So it's just been the perfect machine for everything. The only thing that I wish I did get was more storage. Yeah, I kind of che- I cheaped out on the storage, so I'm baseline. <laughs> and you're on the 2018 today. Uh, I'm actually on the the new one, the M1. Okay. So I was on the 2018. I skipped the 2020 because yep. there was no reason to get it. Sure. And even this one, there wasn't a big reason to get it. I'm, I'll be honest. Are you on the 12.9 or the 11? Uh, 12.9. Okay. So we got right here. Yeah. Yeah. We got the big, the, the big guy. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, have to. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. Is, of, course, of course it's dead right now. Right. Now I'm not <laughs> sure is, in. is Thunderbolt. That seems like one thing that with video work and hooking up stuff to it, that down the line, that mm. could be a thing in retrospect worth having the newest one for. It definitely is. If it's in your workflow, but keep in mind, like with mine, I use my iPhone for everything to record for capture air- so offloading yeah, video, and an airdrop just going through airdrop right yeah yeah airdrop everything so it's i haven't used an sd card in like five years okay you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and for saving so, yeah, it, for offloading videos do you archive your projects on like an external or how's that work for you i yeah i archive, I archive the the final edit so i don't okay. th- i don't really keep any clips unless i think there's some that's somewhere nice for like yeah. maybe future b-roll or something but for the most part, I just delete everything and then offload it onto a little RAV power SSD that I have, like a 500 gig one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and I just kind of keep everything there. That one is finally, after like two and a half years, it's finally like running out of space. Because <laughs> now I'm recording in 4K, you know, sometimes I got it at 60 FPS. Now the, the cinematic mode, whenever you video capture with cinematic mode, yeah, the files are huge. Is it, <laughs> it's is it like, capturing multiple video streams or how do you know the logistics behind that i don't know the te- technicalities of it but i don't know what it's doing it's got to be working pretty hard and that's yeah. why the files are so big because it's, it's a kind of amazing have you played with cinematic mode a lot i haven't i'm still on the 12 mini um on the 12 at mini. some point i'm gonna get the 13 mini when it's che- very cheap and it's very yeah. well known that the 14 isn't small anymore <laughs> so that's, <what> <laughs> that's true uh, upgrade to the 13 mini and i'll stay on that for a while i think side note the mini is a Great form factor. It is. I picked the, yeah. th- the 13 mini, but I ended up returning it because I was like, I can't, I don't need two iPhones. Right. <laughs> but I, I played with it for like a week or two. The form factor, I got used to it in a second. So yeah. For people that think it's too small, it's not too small. Yeah. I wish, <laughs> I wish the mini launched in non pandemic times, like maybe a year or so before that. Cause mm-hmm. I think people just didn't have it in their hands to know. And no one went yeah. to the stores once the pandemic hit and the mini just got, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. my crackpot theory of why no one bought the mini, but. Maybe. No, I mean, that makes sense. And then also with like people being at home, they just wanted a bigger screen. Right. Like a, a bigger screen that they could watch whatever they wanted yeah. on. So, I mean, if it came up pre-pandemic and people were out and about, it's just like a, a quick little powerful phone that does yeah. everything you need it to when you need it to. Mm-hmm. You know? Although the Especially if the iPhone launched isn't, isn't in June like it used to in the heat of summer where people don't have big mm-hmm. pockets, you know? <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So, but um, that's how I use my iPad, you know, for pretty much everything. <laughs> so what do you do for work? You mentioned video creation. You mentioned financial stuff. Like, what all do you do? Um, do um, so so for my 9 to 5, I work for a data analytics company. Mm-hmm. And we work a lot with QR codes. We're basically an ID management platform. Okay. But um, so what I do is I manage a lot of meetings, right? So we're in Google Meets a lot. So I live in the Google suite. We use Gmail for, you know, our main work email. So I'm in there a lot. And then inside of Google Docs, I'd never use the applications. The applications for Google Docs and iPad OS are horrific. Do you turn them what... into uh, web apps? Like put I do turn them into screen? web apps. You do? Okay. Except, uh, I should put them on my home screen, but this is bookmarked and just bookmarked. For me. Okay. Yeah. So I know some web apps actually like they're siloed off into like their own unique apps. I wasn't sure if Google actually does that or not. I could probably actually do that because I've, I've seen apps that actually that, that do that. But the thing is, if you keep um, the the physical app that you get off the App Store on your iPad, every single time you go into the web app, it'll just it'll just, just, it'll just open that. So yeah. make sure you delete them if you guys are Google people. Yeah, get them off your iPad because they're terrible. Zero Apple Pencil support, which I hate. Yeah, but, that's uh, crazy. Um, which, yeah, wild, right? I mean, like Microsoft's apps are cr- crazy good on the iPad. Yeah. And Google just has invested zero dollars into it. Yeah. They, they finally support like split <laughs> screen, but they're still missing some like key things. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, so I'm in usually the Google, the new workspaces suite, I think they're calling it, right? Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I live in there. And then for the YouTube side, I'm in Affinity Photo. I'm in freaking LumaFusion. And then I'm in the YouTube Studio app a lot. And sometimes I do prefer the Safari version of mm-hmm. YouTube Studio. But yeah, just answering comments, making sure my descriptions are set, you know, making sure all the ad- administrative stuff on the YouTube side is all good to go. So it's kind of been a workhorse. And there's never been a, I've never thrown something at the iPad that it hasn't been able to handle. If anything, like it, high, it, it handles like 100 lines of, uh, or 100 uh, rows yeah. of Excel better than Mac OS does, which is wild. It's <laughs> crazy. Right? Yeah. Both on Excel too. So I just think the iPad is just way more optimized. But I do, I, I just need something a little bit more on the iPad side, you know? Yeah. Dealing with Excel, was that a thing that became a thing because of trackpad support? Uh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It was... It like, how big of a deal with trackpad for like work apps? Like, Could you do your day job without trackpad? Uh, no, I could not. Okay. I could not. <laughs> yeah. Like 13.4 cursor support, I always say in my videos, it, like, it changed the iPad as a product, in my opinion. Yeah. Which is very rare to see, right? Yeah, like you get you buy one product and then like over time it changes into another one just with mm-hmm. a software update, right? And, ex- yeah. and an accessory. So like having cursor support, that 13.4 cursor support, and then apps being able to adopt that. Because it also took a little while for Microsoft to be able to do simple things like, you know, like shift and being able to highlight multiple rows yeah. with the mouse. But eventually it did come over. So in my opinion, unless you're going crazy with uh, like pivot tables and you got like millions of rows of, of data and things like that, like it could handle 99% of Excel tasks. Okay. Which yeah, is that, cool. That's cool. Now, mm-hmm. pivot tables, are they in Microsoft Excel? They're just not implemented as well? I know I know numbers like added that. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are pivot tables? I'm not an Excel guy. Yeah. So, so I, I've had to do so much research because I don't personally use pivot tables, but yeah. all of my videos based on Microsoft, people are like, oh, can you do pivot tables? Like, I can't do pivot tables. So, I'm not 100% what they're used for, but it basically like consolidates data, but also pulls data from other Excel sheets. Okay. So the right, so the idea is like you, you know change something in one file, it'll change the other file, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it works on the iPad. You can manage a current. So if somebody sends you a file with a current pivot table, you can work with it. Yeah. You cannot create a pivot table from scratch. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Because yeah. probably fully capable of doing that. But maybe it has something to do with how like the the data is managed in the back end yeah. and how the the files talk to each other. Okay. Because that's another thing. the The file system on iPad iPad OS needs to just turn to Finder. It really needs an overhaul. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when people say Finder, that also like <laughs> a different version of Finder, right? Because I don't ever expect them to do like access the library of your iPad OS yeah. and getting into the, that kind of stuff. But the files app, it, it feels like needs like a version overhaul in a big way. I've, I've tried to like figure out what I don't like about it. It's like hard to describe what you don't like about the file system yeah. in iPad OS, but you just know that you don't like it. Right. It right? Pres- the file system, it mainly presumes you're online with iCloud and stuff, but there's also the on my mm-hmm. iPad thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what right? I want changed. I, I want something changed. Uh, I'm not quite sure. How. Like they kind of added that like progress bar sort of. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw that. So you can finally see how long it's going to take your file right. transfer, which baffles me. It took them like until 2021 to do that. Yeah. You know, but like, I, I don't know what I would be like, Hey, Apple change it into this. I wouldn't know what to say. Right. You know what I mean? Cause it, it, it works fine. Well, you still theory. can't pin uh, files. They announced that and pulled it and never put it back. Oh really? Yeah. That was one of the betas they had. You could pin your files. So it's always downloaded from iCloud and then they oh they, yeah they, pulled, they never they add that's one of the things that's like that would be a really nice thing for iCloud yeah mm-hmm. no yeah but managing files on the iPad is a nightmare like you're right like I have my on my iPad I just have a bunch of random stuff but yeah. then sometimes like whatever I put on my Mac computer also shows up on my iPad sometimes yeah that's another thing Apple needs to do a better job of like teaching people how to use iCloud in general sure right yeah because I feel like iCloud is pretty powerful but a lot of people get confused even I, I do sometimes yeah you know? oh and shortcuts this year thanks to the Mac having shortcuts we finally can do mm-hmm. some file stuff there like yeah. I have one automatic script for an app that doesn't support iCloud drive it only supports local files to just automatically back up my local iPad files to an iCloud drive folder whenever I close the app. So oh, nice. uh, I think it's Dork it's Dorico. So whenever the app Dorico closes, it just copies all the files from iPad internal storage uh, of Dorico onto an iCloud folder that's like backup Dorico. So that's really? a cool thing you can now do with the shortcut stuff with files management. That's interesting. 
doesn't that is that like a lot or, or is it just for that one application it's just for that one app you could okay, okay, hypothetically okay. have the entire ipad's local files just back up to icloud if you want to kind of like a time machine thing <laughs> but not really because you wouldn't yeah, yeah. but yeah that's kind of crazy no yeah i haven't played too much with shortcuts aside from uh like changing your icons and stuff yeah. like that like I, I like that i mean i wish apple got rid of that the, and just the added icon changing that'd be nice yeah. yeah, right? Like, let us change the icons if you want to. Yeah, um, I remember when I was in uh, college, that's when I first got my Mac, and okay. I would do all sorts of, like, custom icons and just had fun with mm-hmm. it, you know? Yeah. I used to love jailbreaking iPhones. I used yeah. to love doing that. Yeah, that was so cool, right? Back in the day. Yeah, way back in the day. Yeah, I, I, we're, yeah, I was doing it before there were, like, official apps. It's like, <laughs> look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, getting Cydia before there was the App Store. Yep. I, remember my, I remember my dad uh, using that to, like, unlock his iPhone, the first one. So yeah, had to, like go overseas, and it was still like tied to AT and T. Right, like, I can only do it if I jailbreak it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, iPad 3G had unlimited data back in the day. I was on that plan from AT and T. Oh, really? They, they pulled it after like three months. They decided that's too good of a deal. Uh, but I, I mm-hmm. jailbroke it and had the my 3G Wi-Fi app thing where I could tether from my iPad. Yeah, was wonderful back in the that's day. That's so funny. Yeah. Now, have you seen the? Um, I think people still jailbreak their iPhones. It's I don't thing, know. but like I don't get exactly like, why. Like why would you want to anymore? Like the only reason maybe is to get, like a cool Yeah, a great emulator. Like I was thinking like oh I kinda wanna play Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'd probably Although, do that on my iPad, oh. but frankly, like I'd rather have a bigger screen with controller that kind of setup. I I remember on my, my last iPhone, I had the eleven before this thirteen. Yeah. I, I saw somebody post it on Twitter that a GBA emulator snuck into the app store, like it passed <laughs> something. Yeah. And I, I guess I got it on time. I downloaded it because then the next day it was gone. Right. So I had that GBA emulator, which worked perfectly. Oh, that's great. I was playing. It worked for like two years until I had to upgrade to the 13. I couldn't yeah. keep it. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. yeah. So, that's one thing. All I my really iPhone. wish there was a solution for that. Like um, the whole like third party app stores. Like I just want emulators. Like just give me an emulator. So apparently because of Apple getting trashed with all this uh, lawsuit, the lawsuits with Fortnite and all that stuff. Did you hear about that? Uh, what about it? That uh, now Apple is working on a way for people to be able to sideload applications into iOS and iPadOS. That'd be cool. They're, not probably, they're probably not going to like advertise it. They're probably just making something available to say, like, if they really want it, they can just figure out how to put it on their iPhone. You know, yeah. it's allowed now. Like they're probably not going to make it a great process, right? But it's going to be available at some point, I think. Okay. Because then, because then they could get everybody off their back with all the legal lawsuits. Yeah, I've done yeah. the alt store thing where you need a Mac talking to your iPad every seven days yeah. type thing. Um, I've seen that too. A family member has a, a Mac, then and it's like I need to borrow your Mac to refresh my iPad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that when I was going through the Metroid games for the first time, and needed the the games that I couldn't get on my Nintendo consoles because um, yeah. Nintendo's weird. Um. <laughs> no, that's what I would do to get a uh, GBA for iOS. That was my favorite, like yeah. the Delta emulator or whatever. Just yeah. play Pokemon all day long. That I would do. <laughs> or, or my, or my uh, like Dragon Ball Z game. Right. So, um, back on track because yeah, I could get a side tangent on Pokemon because I'm really <laughs> I'm in I'm I'm working on completing my uh, living Pokedex um, and Sword and Shield. Um, oh really? I I have I, every okay. It's a quick tangent. I have every Pokemon in the uh, living Pokedex in Pokemon Home. Up through Alola, and I'm working on the Soren Shield. So I have like every single. Wait, so how far back does it go? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I can let me pull up my um my thing here. <laughs> yeah, like how many Pokemon is that? Um, at that so point, that is uh, 721 Pokemon. <sighs> yeah. And they're all saved on where 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 are they um, right now? Pokemon Home. It's a service Nintendo's offers, and there is an iOS app as well. I heard, I heard about that. Okay, okay, okay. There are different apps on the Switch and on the iPad and iPhone. On the iPad and iPhone, that's where you can do your trading and stuff and finding Pokemon. And then you kind of manage your Pokemon on the Switch, and it'll organize them automatically into the different regions of the Pokemon, and you can sort them into different boxes. And, what? Yeah. And, yeah, so I have every single one, including every Vivillian form. Uh, Pokemon X and Y was my first Pokemon game I ever played. That's when I got back in the gaming with the Nintendo 3DS. And oh, that was that, the first one? Yeah, that was my very first one, X and Y. And I, okay. I went down the rabbit hole of buying a GBA and earning all the Pokemon and transporting them through the GBA to a DS. That's what I was going to ask you. I did the Poketransporter, and I actually went through old games and, like, 
transport them all the way up into like the current generation of switch which is crazy how, how far back do did they go what's that how far back like all the way to like the the red, G- uh, the red fire red, yeah, fire red, leaf green. Because uh, the GBA yeah, is all. like that's the very first. Um, no, those are the remakes of the first Pokemon games. Um, yeah, so that's where it starts. Where Pokemon from that point on can you can move Pokemon from GBA all the way up through Nintendo Switch if you have the hardware. That's wild. Is that crazy <laughs> that Nintendo has that that's like, so ability? Cool. So you can you can earn Pokemon GBA Pokemon. Because you'd have to put that... Basically, you put the GBA Pokemon in a DS that supports the GBA cartridges. Because there was oh, okay. there were certain GBA... I remember those. Yeah, so I had a DS that had the GBA cartridge support. So put it in there, and then you transport in the DS game, and then you use Poke Transporter <laughs> on like a 3DS, because that all sorts of DS games. And then uh, from Poke Transporter, you can get it in the bank... And then bank in the home, and then they're on your switch. Um, That's crazy. So you have Pokemon that you had that you got from Fire Red. Yeah, on an, on an app in your phone. Yeah, isn't that nuts? That, That's cool. Yeah. So wait, have you been playing the new one? Like I have I finished the story in Arceus, but then I got it's like yeah. oh I really like this, and I opened up Sword and Shield and finally finished that game. Okay. Um, and I've been going through and completing the Sword and Shield Pokedex. I'm getting pretty close on that one. Because um, then, I, then I got the hunch of yeah, like I haven't, pl- I haven't played since Pokemon Black. I don't think. Okay, that's that's as high as I went. But I but I played like the like the OG ones. Like yeah, I, I had Pokemon Blue as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like and I still have. I think I still have Red and Yellow and like Silver. Yeah, there's something. Oh uh, no, very addictive about the collecting nature of the games. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but anyways, uh, that's a tangent. Um, that's cool. I. Did, I knew you had to be able to do that, but I was always—I always wondered like how far back you could go to physically move a Pokemon. Yeah, off you, of game. It's, it's a fun thing. Like I'm doing this. I'm like, yeah, and you don't need that much hardware. You need a DS that supports the GBA cartridge. Yeah, you need a 3DS, and then um, you know the Switch or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a. What do I have? Nah, I just have my Switch. I got a 2DS somewhere. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's far yeah, back yeah. yeah. 3DS that's, that's that like flat too. one. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. So back to uh, iPad stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, how long ago did you start your YouTube channel? Two years ago now, okay. I want to say. Like 2019. Okay. And well, maybe three years? Nah, two years. I mean, the, okay. So that channel has been around actually. So if you go back, I think I got videos from like 2014. Of me doing tech reviews, yeah. But I only, I think I did maybe like twelve total videos in like a span of a couple months back then, mm-hmm. and then I just got kind of bored of it. Yeah. And then life, you know, I think I went to like college or something, like right. took over. And then, uh, and then I just picked up the channel one day because I, oh, that's what. I saw. Okay, so I saw. Have you ever heard of Nick Fagan's average average tech guy? I think so. Yeah. You, so I remember I was two years ago. I was watching his channel, and I was like, like this looks kind of like fun to do, like you know. Yeah. Like let me let me just like I love this iPad. I could talk about this iPad for freaking forever. Yeah. All right. I do anyway at work. <laughs> or I just put it on camera, and and Nick like never showed his face. Mm-hmm. I, now he does, but he never showed his face. So I was like, oh, like let me do the same thing. Like I don't need to show who I am. Yeah, let me do, let me do it on the low, you know. Right. <laughs> so that's what I started doing, just doing iPad videos, like the best games for the iPad. I joined the beta program to get the the betas early. Yeah. Right, the developer program. So then I would do like you know iOS update videos, mm-hmm. iPad OS update videos, that kind of stuff. Like what was cool, and then. Once like once you could use accessibility to use a mouse on yeah. the iPad, do you remember that? I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's when it kind of started to blow up a little bit. I was like, oh, people are like really interested about these like betas yeah. and stuff, and that's kind of what what happened. And now I just do like anything that involves iPad accessories, apps, software, software updates. You know, this thing is awesome. But I I always go back to my my same setup, just on my Magic Keyboard with my Apple Pencil. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you um. I know there's not an external display support, but will you use your iPad like if you're at work with an external display and like a magic trackpad and external magic keyboard as a setup, or is it always in laptop configuration? So what I'll do sometimes, I'll do that every once in a while. Normally I do that for like setup videos just to give people ideas and kind of get creative and yeah. you know break the norm. But normally what I do when I'm like editing a LumaFusion video, I will plug it in because I have a nice BenQ monitor, mm-hmm. and then you can you can use. It's like kind of secondary monitor support. Yeah, so you can use like the entire, right? yeah, you can use it as a viewfinder. So it's at least a little something. Yeah. Right. Just so I can make sure like the colors are looking nice and stuff like that and get a bit bigger view. But outside of that, it's pretty much in laptop configuration. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just, it's kind of easy. And I always tell people like, yeah, like the multitasking, I wish it was better. Trust me. I'm yeah. on the same page. It's like, I wish it was better. 
but there's something about like getting something done on the iPad. It's just very, since like it's, since there's only like one thing you can do on it really at the same time, maybe two, yeah. you like ultra focus on that one thing right. and you get that thing done. Yeah. Versus here, you know, I have Mac OS open. I have like a couple of work files open. There's, you know, a pause YouTube video on the top corner. Like iMessage is down here. You yeah. know, I have you on the iPhone. So it's like on the iPad, you're just there. You're yeah. getting that job done. Right. That's <laughs> why, that's what I always tell people. It's the ultimate like single task productivity right. machine. You mentioned you do use a Mac for a couple things. Uh, universal mm-hmm. control is a thing now. Um, mm-hmm. You're in the betas, I presume. How is yeah. that going? Uh, is like dragging files across from one device to the other working well? Is that better than AirDrop? And like, how's mm-hmm. that all going? Uh, so that's a good question. So I haven't been playing too much with the files. I did it to test it, and it mm-hmm. was pretty quick, honestly. Yeah. But I mostly use it, so I'll have my iPad kind of be like my control center. Yeah. Right. So I'll have that in front of me, and then I'll have my uh, my like monitor and my and my Mac kind of open at the same time. Mm-hmm but I'm using my magic keyboard on the iPad to control everything. So that's what I think is cool. Oh, right? there's, not the other there's way couple, around. That's interesting. Not the other way around. Because the way it was kind of advertised is you're using your Max keyboard and mouse on mm-hmm. your iPad. I didn't even know you could do it the other way around. Uh, so you, you do need to get it started on the Mac, uh-huh. at least for right now. Yeah. But like once it's once it's like going, you can use either or. And then like you just start matter. using the trackpad on the other device and just, oh, I'm going to use mm-hmm. this one instead. Exactly. What so you can start like close on that. At the same time, does it just get confused? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. We should try that, actually. <laughs> well, one thing that is that it's probably just a bug that will get fixed. So if you have your, so like in that situation mm-hmm. where I have my, usually my iPad's like sitting in front of me and then I have my monitor like kind of sitting above it a little bit. Yeah. Right. So in order to drag I would drag the mouse down into the iPad screen, mm-hmm. which works fine. But then when I try to drag that mouse back up into that monitor, it pulls down the notifications. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. So you have to like find it's like a little top like top right corner that you can between yeah. the control center and the notifications yeah, and the software on your iPad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> down right. But you can that you can get up there. So they probably got to work that little kink out. Because if you have it side by side, it works perfectly. Yeah. If it's you know. But universal control is it's very cool. I mean, just like the the demo itself, I think it's very cool. Like, in what other situation can you use two different OSs to talk to each other with one peripheral? Right? Yeah. I feel like that's kind of wild. Yeah, I think Logitech has something like that, but still, it's kind of wild. It is. Yeah, I wish it yeah. was just an iPad OS feature where I could control a second iPad with an iPad. That's what I really want. I think year. you can. I think you can. Well, you need a Mac seen, involved. You do need a Mac involved. Yes, I want yeah. no Mac. I just want to sit in front of two iPad Pros with one Magic Keyboard and just drag across go to work yeah that'd be awesome right yeah that would be cool that would be cool because i've seen people have like one mac and then just like a bunch of ipads right and just have you have a mac mini hiding somewhere just control <laughs> universal control yeah i guess matthew castanelli discovered in the betas at least you can control like one more device and apple advertised as you be able to do um somehow like three ipads or something it's kind of wild okay i don't know how he's doing that but yeah i don't know so but you can control so so i have the m1 macbook air mm-hmm. right and i do have i just took it down because i just moved but i'm probably gonna put it back up i had two displays running and i was using a display link ready yeah. USB-C, USB-C hub so i was able to control with the magic keyboard on the ipad the macbook screen and both of those monitors right. and regular ipad screen yeah all going that's pretty sweet and it all worked it worked pretty well it's a little bit buggy at times, but it worked pretty well, especially on the first beta. I was going to ask how the vault... Yeah, I should ask this. Yeah, if you're using your Mac keyboard, your Mac keyboard has volume control. Mm-hmm. When you're controlling your iPad, do those volume controls come across? Let's and see. like those other function keys, I think there's like... So they, yeah, basically wherever your mouse is, is what the peripheral will control. Okay. What screen it will control. Okay. Yeah, so because cool. I, I do remember with the brightness. So brightness does, you can uh, modify your brightness on the iPad from the Mac. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. One thing that I'd be curious to see is if, because uh, you saw that there's that new toggle and control center for the iPad OS for uh, keyboard brightness. Yes, yep. I wonder if you can control the keyboard brightness of your Mac computer with the control center on the iPad. I wouldn't think so, because it's a control center for that device. If there was a hot key, if, if the uh, magic keyboard for iPad magically had a function row, I mean, come on, mm-hmm. uh, I would say it could do that, but no. Yeah, that's true. I'm very excited for that uh, new ability coming out later this year, the keyboard brightness and control center for iPad, because often I'm trying to watch a video at night, and I don't want that thing shining every time I right? touch it. 
It's so bright. And and at the same time, so I also don't want to jump in the settings to like. Yeah. Go, yeah. So that'll be so nice. You have to go so deep into the settings, which again, I don't know. Apple Apple's really good at like saying new features when they should have been around for forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the dream yeah. that would be be able to automate it. Like I'm watching a video and it automatically can just like. It'll just know. I've set some some shortcuts that I could set up to configure that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, with LumaFusion, mm-hmm. is there anything lacking from there that you kind of hope to see them add? Like, what's your typical workflows within the app, and, and how how is it limiting if it is? Uh, so, LumaFusion, from a function standpoint, I think it's great, and it's only getting better. Uh, what it does need to improve is that. <clears throat> so, I guess I could also do a better job personally managing all the files and all the clips that go into it. Yeah. But there's a lot of redundancies with the file management inside of LumaFusion. So basically, when I take one, some, something from my photo library on my iPhone, airdrop it to my iPad, there's a copy of my photo library on the iPad. Yeah, is your then photo library you, a mess with all this work <laughs> that you do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Like, I turn off all uh, like iCloud photos. I have to. Yeah. Because everything gets all jumbled up. So it's like things are... At least I know where they are, you know? Yeah. Like where they're supposed to be. But... uh. But yeah, so I'll airdrop it to my iPad, and then when I move it into LumaFusion, that's one. So there's now two copies of that clip on my iPad, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then when I move that clip into that timeline, it creates a third copy <laughs> <laughs> of that clip. What on uh, my storage iPad. tier did you go with for this iPad? The 128. So okay. you can imagine that every third video, I'll delete yeah. everything off my iPad. But yeah, so I mean, outside of that, so basically you have to like cache the system every once in a while, like clear all the cache. Mm-hmm. And, there's like little tips and tricks that I've recently found that do help with the, with the with storage issue. Yeah, because it's it's huge. It takes up like eighty gig, like eighty or ninety gigs of my entire uh, like iPad. Yeah. Um. But yeah, overall, it's, I mean, it's great. So they added the new stabilization feature built in, so you don't need a plugin for it anymore, which is honestly amazing. The stabilization right. feature, yeah. built into it, and it's and no extra cost. So if you add them in the Fusion, you can still use it. Uh, they also added the ability to use plugins. Which sometimes is hit or miss depending on the plugin. Sometimes the plugin isn't perfectly like I use something called Bruce Free. Bruce Free. Oh, that's an amazing is. thing. I use it in Fairrite yeah. uh, occasionally for yeah the background audio. It's it's exactly it's yeah. Dark so that's magic a, it's, a, stuff. it's a great app to get rid of uh, all that white noise in the background. But there's so there's a plugin for it in LumaFusion, which when it, when it works, it's sick. Yeah. But every once in a while, it'll like kind of break the file, and then it'll like just get rid of all audio on that clip. You know, it's like not per- it's not purpose built. Same it. thing in um, Ferrite. I end up using the app and then importing that in the Ferrite because uh, the yeah. plugin. I just you don't know until it exports what it's going to do. Exactly, and then like sometimes I don't check the final video, and then people in the comments will be like, "You're muted for two minutes, dude." Yeah. <laughs> so I have to take the video down. That happened to me one time. Okay. Lesson learned. Yeah. I always watch the final export, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, during the preview, it can be fine, but then the export, for whatever reason, the plugin yeah. bugs out. So, but yeah, overall, LumaFusion, for, and for the price. So that's what I tell people. Because there's, there's three real options if you want to, like, edit in, the, you know, the Apple world. It's like iMovie, mm-hmm. very simple. It's free, very easy to use. It's great for beginners. There's LumaFusion, which is anywhere from 20 to 40 bucks, yep. depending on when you buy it. Which is like it's it's closer to Final Cut Pro than it is to iMovie, yeah. but it's still not nearly as you know comprehensive as Final Cut Pro. But then then that's the final option in my opinion, three hundred bucks for Final Cut Pro. So LumaFusion is that great sweet spot where you can like learn to get a little more creative, learn what it, what it means to have a plugin, yeah. learn what it, what it is like what a LUT is and stuff like that. Like you can, it's pretty comprehensive. So I love LumaFusion, and I haven't needed anything outside of just you know that, the plugin situation. Yeah, outside of that, it's been great. Like yeah. zero complaints with LumaFusion. And uh, Luma probably not even their fault. The, the multi-cam at some point, so it'll match Final Cut's mm-hmm. uh, feature there that a lot of people enjoy. Yeah, the multi-cam. And they, what else did they add? Oh, the ability to, which I still haven't done yet. i got to learn how to do it because it's not as easy as it looks. But the ability to work off of an external SSD finally. Right, which, which that'd is be cool. huge, especially with your storage situation. Exactly. So and with Thunderbolt, do, so does that inspire you to get like a Thunderbolt SSD so it'd be nice and fast? Yeah, so I want to get like a T7 or yeah. a T5 or whatever's cheaper, honestly. They're probably the same thing. <laughs> right. I think T7 just has a fingerprint reader, right? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, but yeah, so I'll pick one of those up, probably a one terabyte, just make the investment. And just, I want to learn how to work off of an SSD with LumaFusion because it probably save a ton of storage. Oh, for sure. And yeah. you want to have to deal with like, uh, you know, that headache of on offloading and unloading everything. Exactly. Exactly. And when you airdrop, can you tell to just airdrop to the files app that would be like a folder on that SSD? Is that a thing? 
So it would have you have to like save the photo into your files, yeah, and then airdrop it from your files for it to be for it to show up as a file on your iPad. Okay, you, you have to airdrop I mean? it yeah. from the files app. Rather, if you airdrop it from the photos app on your iPhone, it'll just go to the photos automatically without you. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's annoying. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to, if because I think yeah, you can definitely save photos into the files, and then from files you airdrop into another file into right. the iPad. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's why yeah, the amount, I have so many. Uh, multiple, what's it called? Multiple clips. Because sometimes I'll press the AirDrop button twice, and it'll it'll just send it twice into the <laughs> iPad. It's so annoying. What's your recording yeah. setup? You have uh, the what iPhone, and is it just one iPhone you're capturing with? And how's that all work? Uh, yeah. So I have just a bunch of tripods. I have a couple ring lights. I have a external mic that I put underneath me, which mm-hmm. has really helped the audio, especially right now where everything's pretty echoey. I've just recently started to put stuff on the wall. Yeah. We just moved like two weeks ago. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's pretty much a setup. Normally, so every now and then I'll have a second iPhone, you know, if I'm doing like case videos and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, it's just my iPhone, whatever my iPhone is at the time. So I started with the iPhone 10, then went 11, and then this one, 13 Pro. Okay. 13, 13 Pro Max. Using the better camera, and then you just... Yeah. Make sure my lighting is good. I have great outdoor lighting, so these windows are huge. Is there a trick to catching the video of the iPhone to know you're lined up properly? Like, do you have a mirror set up so you can see what your iPhone sees? Or <laughs> oh, uh, my viewfinder is my Apple Watch. Brilliant, gotcha. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. So yeah. I like sit down, I'll, I'll look at my Apple Watch, make sure I'm in frame, you know, yeah, make sure things look good. And then, yeah, sometimes I'll have the camera a little too high when I'm doing overhead shots. So mm-hmm. I'll just look at mine. It's perfect. That's cool. It's perfect. That's really cool. Yeah. And that feature's been around for years. People have never used yeah. it. I'll use it for group photos during like Christmas time of year, you know. Um, yeah. But outside of that, I don't really use it much. I was even using it on the the OG OG Apple Watch, like the Series Zero. Yeah. And it was still did it was the working. trick. <laughs> it did yeah. the trick. Yeah. So, um, Affinity Photo, like how how in depth are these thumbnails you're creating, and um, like what, what tools that are using within Affinity to do that work? Mm-hmm. So Affinity's new. Because I used to just kind of take a picture and maybe do a little bit of an edit. In a, I used to use an app called Pixlr. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, very simple. Yeah, very simple editing yeah, app. I use, Pix- I use Pixelmator for uh, the thumbnails I do. Um, okay. But yeah, Okay, cool. But, uh, but it's a very simple app that I would use just kind of because I liked the, their fonts. Yeah. So, you know, right? So I would just use them. But, uh, but I needed to figure out a way to just make my thumbnails a little bit better. So I just mm-hmm. had to teach myself affinity photo a little bit. Thumbnails, I guess are huge on YouTube. It's like the deciding yeah. factor. If someone's going to click here is on a exactly. playing next or something. And there's only so many things I can do, you know, to make an iPad look cool. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, so I just kind of learned how to use affinity photo. I don't do too, too much on it. Mm-hmm. It's mostly, it'll, it'll probably be like three, four layers. I'll usually like mask the iPad screen. So I'll take a screenshot of whatever screen I want. And then I'll just like mask it over the actual image to make it look nice and crisp. Yeah. Um, I usually add like a little, uh, I've been doing this lately, which I kind of like how it's been turning out. So I do take just like a white block and I use this like effect called gauge and blur or mm-hmm. something like that. And just kind of stretch it out all the way and then put some black text over it. Looks, looks kind of nice. Nice. So, um, just to kind of get people to understand what's going on. Cause I, I have learned a lot that the thumbnail, thumbnails king. Yeah. Right? It's thumbnail in that first 10 seconds. Right. Yeah. You and then you kind of go from there. Right. So, so I mean, that's what I've been doing. So I've been doing the affinity photo stuff for the last like six months because I figured I needed to learn how to do it myself. <laughs> I can't like rely rely on somebody. And did you end up doing videos on affinity photo? Is that also like a thing that I have not done that yet? Okay. I, I'm going to probably soon. Kind of just like what you know, maybe like the top five like beginner things to to know yeah. when using affinity photo. Because I have learned my way around a little bit, but I've only scratched the surface. Like I probably know like ten, twenty percent of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in there that's going on. It's a complicated uh, app. Like, uh, there, it, yeah. it feels like a Mac app. There's a ton of little tiny buttons everywhere. It's, mm-hmm. it's an app you want to have an Apple Pencil or a tracker yeah. for, I think. Yeah, and I mean, on, like literally all the tools, like you can search up the most vague thing on what to do in Affinity Photo, and it'll show up on Google. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. good tutorials. So that, that's yeah, and that's how I've learned. I mean, it's literally just like what what am I what do I need it to do for me? I'll look up how to do it on Google, and that's how that's kind of how I learned. So once you like know what you need to do on it, then it's pretty easy to navigate. Yeah. But if you're like learning something for the first time, it's pretty it's a pretty tough one to navigate for sure. Yeah. How do you come up with topics for videos? Like, what's do you have a just brain brainstorming different iPad things? How does that work for you? Uh, so it's normally like once a week. I'll kind of just sit down, see what I have around me, you know, see what products have come into the studio, and kind of just brainstorm. Because normally I can count on at least one iPad OS update video from Apple. 
mm-hmm. right? One beta update per week. Um, there's always accessories. Like I got this, uh, where did I get? It's like a mechanical keyboard that just came in. These are just the keycaps. Yeah. There's like a mechanical keyboard that came in that I got to do a review on, you know? Yeah. Which I look, I mean, it looks really nice. So it's kind of, I like to keep it around three or four videos a week. It's usually an iPadOS video, uh, an accessories video. Um, probably there's usually like a software video in there also. Mm-hmm. Like what software I'm using. I've been using like apps like Taskade, you know, Affinity Photo, LumaFusion, things like that. And then whatever, like whatever that comes to me. Or maybe, so I usually do maybe like a long-term review on the iPad or a long-term review on the iPhone. So something that kind of comes to me that I kind of want to talk about at that point. Yeah. That's normally how it goes. So I don't really plan them too, too much. I usually have like a backlog of four to five ideas just kind of ready to go. Okay. And then once I, once I know which one I want to do, I'll just go from start to finish point A to point B. Gotcha. You know, I don't really like record for like five videos at a time or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. And you're trying to output how many videos uh, per week typically? Three or three to four. Okay. Probably right now, right now it's more, it's closer to three than it is to four. But yeah. Three or four. Okay. It's a nice little sweet spot. And are your videos scripted or what's your process for, you know, um, getting these done they're not really scripted unless i need to unless there's like a sponsored section that needs to be scripted mm-hmm. but for the most part i would say like 99 percent of the time i'll just have my topics i'll usually structure the video so like if i have uh like my ipad launch and review i had like four topics that i wanted to hit like versatility software design right those things so i'll mm-hmm. put that like in my notes my apple notes so i'll kind of like jot down some notes that i want to make sure i hit but then after that it's kind of it's kind of freestyle everything else so i just make sure i like I make sure I, I would talk about the versatility, like talk about how I'm, it is a single task machine, right? But make sure I touch on those points. Yeah. And then whatever else kind of comes to mind. Cool. That's just how it goes. Yeah. yeah. And then um, any favorite accessory that's kind of launched in the past 12 months that you've really just loved and continue to use even after you did the review? Magic Keyboard, obviously. Yeah. That was great. I've been using this Hitachi 2-in-1 like desk charger. Okay. A little MagSafe guy. Yeah. Let's see if I can pull it out. It's got the AirPods. This has been on my oh, desk nice. for like six, seven months. Yeah. Right? I know that they have the three-in-one now. I kind of want to get my hands on that one. So that's nice. Um, oh, people have been... So like MagSafe, people have been loving those MagSafe battery packs. I love MagSafe. It is such a... And right? Those videos have got to be popping. People love MagSafe. No, yeah. Right? I love MagSafe. I love it. But Pataka's been doing MagSafe for like forever. Have you heard of Pataka? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're like a case brand. So I've been using them for forever. But this little, this little like battery, it yeah. works with MagSafe and with like their, their like magnet products. Right. It's like five thousand milliamp hours. It's like nice and shiny. And yeah, pretty. nice and small too. Yeah. Right. You just throw it on there. It does get a little bit warm sometimes. But it's yeah, nice. it happens. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice. Uh, so I've had that for, for I've had that for like two years and it's still working. Um, and then my Orbit key mat. If you haven't seen the Orbit key, look them up. They're nice. Okay. Yeah. Orbit key mats. They're they're huge. And they're kind of, they're unique because they have like a little, uh, what's it called? Here, let me show you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot this is audio only, but I'll show you so you can kind of see. So this kind of like flips up. Yeah. Which is interesting. So you kind of put like little papers under here. So I've been looking at that a lot. It's got a little lip here. For your it's pencils. like a, so it's like a desk um, work surface almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a desk work surface. Okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah, one thing no, I, I like used to use, um, I love the old iPad leather sleeve Apple sold for a crazy amount of money on the 12 mm-hmm. It was like... A little work surface, almost like I yeah, put my yeah, iPad yeah. on the smart keyboard on top of it, and if I just want to use my iPad without the keyboard, I could put that on top of the leather sleeve, and it'd be a nice, safe place mm-hmm. to work on. And I kind of yeah. miss that as like a, a work surface, almost. Yeah. No, I I think my dad also. My dad like he went in and bought like he bought like the whole situation yeah. from Apple, which is so weird because he was very anti Apple before that. He didn't have an <laughs> iPhone at that point. Right, he was a big Windows guy. He's like, I will never use Mac. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he was he was that 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 kind of guy, you know. Yeah. And then he just came home one day and had all of it, and I was like, what? And and I don't understand how like the the first iPad with that iPad keyboard and that Apple Pencil was so poorly designed. It was the leather like, sleeve. Like, they added that, that like a year after the fact. It's like, oh, I have a place to hold my pencil. And I actually kind of liked yeah. it, and I kind of liked it so much that I like delayed getting the revision with the new hardware. It's like because I can't uh-huh. use the sleeve with this thing, and I like the magnetic stuff, but I do kind of miss that sleeve where the pencil's not going anywhere when it's in that sleeve. Yeah, and it's not going to fall off. Kind of thing. That's true. Uh, yeah, it was a simpler time. And yeah, that, it was. Like, the, or the origami keyboard. Oh god. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I I never actually experienced the um, smart folio keyboard thing. Yeah. It went straight from the origami to the magic keyboard because the okay. the other one, the smart folio thing, had also just it's like that doesn't look great. I'd rather just keep my origami. 
I'm gonna be honest. I liked that one a lot. You did okay. I liked it just because it was uh, it was a very versatile. Honestly, like I would I would be in meetings and then I'd, one one moment I'd be like typing away. I mean, the typing experience wasn't great. You know, I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> it wasn't. I kind of yeah. I kind of like okay. the fabric thing. Like you could still yeah. still drink saw. It's fine. It's like... It was very quiet. It was very quiet. Yeah. Right. So I'd be like in meetings typing away, and then I would just like fold it behind, put it down, and just start using my Apple Pencil when I need yeah. to take handwritten notes. So I love I love that right. that situation. Now it's a, you can't really do that with the Magic Keyboard, obviously. No, you just, like take yeah. it off. I gotta fold it down, put it on top of it. Yeah, that's usually my my go to. Yeah, or just take it off and like put it on my lap. Yeah, thankfully it is so easy to pop on and off. I think it's probably the easiest yeah. of since the origami was pretty simple, but uh, the origami mm-hmm. had its flaws of just the hardware <laughs> failed after a couple of years. Uh, the you know yeah. for whatever reason, it looks so ugly. Like you would like hold it and it would just hang so low. You know, like the yeah. whole thing would just like hang. Yep, <laughs> I think it was so ugly. Yeah, I do miss uh, the days. The old smart connector. I had like a I used a Logitech charging stand at work, and I just pop them on there with external keyboards. I had both iPads. I had two charging stands. I just never needed to charge it. It was just always passively charging very very slowly through that like. Smart connector. I kind of miss miss that setup of you know, I yeah, guess, yeah. yeah. I guess you can charge with the Magic Keyboard these days, um, but yeah, I use I use that charge. Like I'm using it right now. It kind of just depends on the convenience of where the charger is. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, the other side from the connector, it's very yeah. simple them to do that. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I wish I could do more. Yeah, it would be cool. To, yeah, but. But also, I don't think like the three pin connectors are built to to transfer data. Yeah, I, the next generation smart connector, I want data. Some data pass, yeah. I want something. Yeah. Give me USB two speed, something. I don't know. Yeah, because I think I maybe I asked Benny Richie on Twitter like a while ago, and then he he answered that it was only built to like like it could only pass like half a megabyte a second or something like that. Yeah. So it wouldn't even be worth putting something on there. Yeah. You know, that's why they just kept it to power. Yeah. But hopefully, so technology cool. advances forward and that can get better. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. As far as iPad bags and stuff, do you use any? Do you have any favorite brands for that? Like for me, I everything that I own is from Waterfield Designs, and that's kind of what I get for all my accessories <laughs> for carrying. Stuff. Waterfield, I've never heard of them. I had to look them up. Yeah, they're um, they've been around forever. They do great, great stuff. They're at um, sfbags.com. Okay, uh, yeah. I'll look them up. Now, I've been using a uh, Neo Smart. Okay, they sent they, they sent me a couple bags like two years ago, and I think they're sending me another one soon. But I've been using their their one like leather bag. Mm-hmm. I think it's a uh, it's vegan leather, but uh, but it's really nice. Okay, it's got like a big so it's got like one slip compartment for which fits literally my Mac and my iPad perfectly oh, with nice. the Magic Keyboard, so yeah. it fits them both in there. And it's got just like this huge just like compartment. It's, it's huge, yeah. but the bag isn't that big, which I like. It's just like a big, and it's a little bit rigid, mm-hmm. so it's almost like a camera bag. You right. know what I mean? Where so where like the sides are rigid, so you can fit a lot of a lot of stuff in there. It's got a few pockets in there for like a mouse. I throw, I throw my mouse in there because I like to have my mouse on me. Yeah. And a charger. So that's what I've been using. And it's got nice. the little uh, like like a USB. Like you can put a battery bank in there. Yeah. I don't really use that ever. But it's nice to have. Okay. Yeah, it's nice to have yeah. backup power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So Mayo Smart, they're good, and they have more casual bags. But I like that one because it's it looks looks kind of fancy, but it's not expensive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. Good. Um. Whatever you call it. And it's like and it's all black everything. So it's nice and discreet. Nice, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you use Microsoft Word and like all or not Word, PowerPoints mm-hmm. and Excel, right? Those are the two? No, I use I use all I use the entire thing. Okay. So I use Word, Excel, PowerPoint. Is that mainly uh, is that is that work tasks? I for I forget what, what those are being used for. So when I first started making the iPad Microsoft videos, it was because I was using like my first job out of college, mm-hmm. we were in the, we were in the Microsoft suite, mm-hmm. right? And I had the iPad, so like I literally had to like t- teach myself. Like I, I, I always wondered, like, can like is it good? Like, can I yeah. use can uh this iPad replicate what this Dell computer that my company gave me? Right uh, for for like uh the Microsoft products, right? And for the most part, it could. Yeah, because my last day jobs like this beach ball is spinning. They gave me a Mac. It was really old things like this beach ball spinning. I would grab my iPad a lot, and it's like it's just yeah. faster. Um, oh, yeah, I remember they gave me like this chunky Dell Latitude, and I I hated Windows too. Mm-hmm. I was so upset. Uh, so yeah, so whatever I could do, I would just like sign into my Microsoft account on the Google, or not the Google, on the yeah. Microsoft applications on the iPad, and it was good to go. For the most part, it worked pretty well. Because again, I wasn't doing, especially on the Excel side. For for some people, it's not enough. You're doing simple I, data entry. Simple, yeah, data entry, simple formulas, you know, simple formatting, nothing too crazy, and everything that I needed to get done 
I could do on the iPad. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember, going, which was nice. Uh, back up my old day job, I would um, have two iPads next to each other, 10.5 and 12.9, and I'd have yeah. a reference spreadsheet on one iPad and then, <laughs> uh, my work spreadsheet on the other, and I'd have a keyboard that hit a button where it swaps between the either of them so that's could, so funny uh so yeah I'd, I'd be using multi-window in that way where i'm like looking <laughs> at one thing and entering it in the other screen and yeah. the original double screen ipad yeah yeah that's funny yeah so i mean so that's that's where the whole like microsoft on ipad just came to be so i was like oh there's got to be people like in my same situation like wondering if the ipad can run microsoft products right so that's why i started making the videos and there was a good amount of people that were curious <laughs> yeah it'd be kind of yeah. interesting if you had like a windows install somewhere to just like here's the windows way here's the ipad way mm-hmm. see how it's not so scary kind of thing yeah it's really not that bad and then when uh and then you i think how many it was like six months ago now at this point when microsoft released windows 365 did mm-hmm. you see that their virtual machine okay yeah yeah so how that, was that, that on was a cool iPad? Demo. It, it was decent i mean again i, I bought like the cheapest spec because i was just doing it for like yeah. demonstration purposes but uh, I mean, it worked fine. Like I could, it was. Ex- I think it was expensive though. Like it if you was. really, it's like for if you thought about it, like what twenty bucks a month or something stupid, if not more. Yeah, that was the cheapest one, and that got you like I think it got you two gigs of RAM and like thirty-two gigs of storage. Yeah, it was, it was. So like, if you wanted to get like a normal PC, like a sixteen gig, five twelve. You're spending like 160 bucks a month. It's crazy. Like I wish, yeah. yeah I don't know. Bundle that in the Game Pass. Give me a Windows. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so it was it was very cool for demo purposes. Like I was running full on Windows 11 on my iPad. Yeah. Right. And my and the, the trackpad thing so was, works well. It just looks like a mm-hmm. mouse and acts like a mouse and everything. And yeah, as long as you use the remote desktop app and you didn't do it through like Safari on iPad, because you can oh, technically okay. go. Gotcha. Yeah, but there is in the App Store. There's a Microsoft Remote Desktop app. And you can just log in there. Log in, and there's your virtual machine. That's cool. And it was cool. So I was like, literally, I had a you know Windows computer on my iPad if I ever really needed it. You know, it did audio playback within that, or have they? It did. It does audio audio playback. Yeah, that's cool. It did. It didn't work with Bluetooth weirdly. Huh. So my AirPods they wouldn't connect my AirPods. Okay. Uh, Video playback would that be too laggy to do stuff like that? As long as your internet connection is strong. Huh. So so my internet was I I have strong internet connection, so I didn't worry about that. But if they they claim you need at least twenty five up. Uh, 25 down, which I think they need more. I think you need at least like 100 yeah. down. Let's be honest. You need like 100 right. down for it to work fluidly. Like for it to work well. Yeah. You know, 20. If you're if you only have like 25 megs down, it's not going to be a good experience. Now you should try uh, another video. Game Pass games that are like Windows exclusive through the VM. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. You might need to your uh, subscription though. Yeah. <laughs> And you just, it's like a Windows Inception inside an iPad. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're streaming a stream. Um, well, yeah. I guess you can download games into Game Pass on Windows. So it'd be like yeah, you probably streaming could. a download at that point. Yeah, so I mean, I tried pretty much, I didn't try gaming on it because, again, I only had like two gigs of RAM. Right. Uh, I don't even think I could download a whole, I could barely download Microsoft Suite. I mean, I think it was like built into it. But, uh, but you know, I was running the Microsoft Suite fine. I had like six, seven uh, Edge. Yeah, you, know? you have a real browser. Edge. Yeah, real edge browser experience. They were they were fine. I was yeah. running a YouTube video on one. And you can install apps because it's like you're install you're paying for it, so you can install like if you yeah. want Chrome on that thing, you could put Chrome on it. Exactly. So it's it's literally like you have your own computer, it's just in some server. Yeah. Some server I hope somewhere. they get consumer level pricing. So I think right now it's just business advertised and business pricing. Yeah. I mean yeah, you I mean any anybody can go in and just buy it right now. But yeah, it is a little pricey. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna make it because then I don't know. Because again, if you think about it, you get the most expensive ones, like 160 or 180 you a month. You just buy a, a computer and remote into it if you want to do that. Exactly, right? Because you'll be spending, what, $2,500 for the, just a year yeah, or something right. like that, or 2000 a year? Yeah. It's not worth it. No. PowerPoint versus Keynote. To, any thoughts there? Uh, I use them both. They're both really good. Yeah. I tend to gravitate a little bit more towards PowerPoint. Okay. Interesting. Not for any, not for any particular reason. Yeah. I think it's just because the, the people I communicate with play in Microsoft suite a little bit more. So maybe I'm just more used to it. Yeah. And, and if you send so them a file, you don't have to translate it and hope for the best. Exactly. Or like if I forget, if I forget to export it as a PP, as a PPT, mm-hmm. you know, then people are like, I can't open this. Like, the... <laughs> <laughs> and then people, people freak out. Yeah. Like relax. <laughs> I'll send it again. Yeah. So I mean, maybe that's why, but for the most part, they can both do the same thing. They both have, you know, great feature sets. Yeah. Like I've built everything from just a classic PowerPoint presentation to like mocking up like apps inside of, inside of both. 
Okay. So, so they're both pretty powerful. Okay. I like them both. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I remember Keynote being like, oh, this is the one app from Apple and the iWork suite that's like better. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. It's, you know, it's definitely good. And it's definitely a, it's more like airy, I would describe it. Right. A lot, a lot less buttons. Yeah. Right. Versus Microsoft, everything's like in your freaking face. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. You, you need this specific color. All right. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. Versus the Keynote, you got to go look for it a little bit, but I kind of prefer that. Mm-hmm. Again, less distraction. Right. But it's cool. What do you use your Mac for? Like you mentioned you use the iPad for like everything because it's like a more mm-hmm. enjoyable experience. But what's like the 5% that you still, uh, I need the Mac to do this or want or want to do it there? It's when I have like three or four or five PowerPoints that I'm working on at the same time. Okay. And I need to ma- manipulate data. For, like I need to like pull a logo from this one and move it to the other one quickly. Yeah. And, Dragon, you know, so it's multi-window. Yeah. That's what it is. Like real, like a real version of a secondary monitor support and multi-window support, right? Because you, I mean, all the Microsoft applications on iPad, mm-hmm. you can multitask with instances of themselves. You can. So you can do two, but not four. Yeah. And you, but it also works with the app shelf. So you can have four, five, six backloaded. Okay. Right. Gotcha. And, so, and swap between so you them. Could so you could do this. It'd just be it. a lot of like swipe it over. It's a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit more tedious, yeah. right? And, and I haven't. Especially when I'm like trying to get a lot of stuff done. I'm no, not, yeah, that's yeah. Not. I'm not gonna dive in there and try to get something that I could do in like half an hour and get it done in an hour on the iPad, you know? Yeah. So so that's literally the only use case. And I have the baseline MacBook Air, which is, again, it's another like the M1 chip. It's another thing. I have eight gigs of RAM and this thing handles everything. Yeah. And it's never got it's never gotten hot. Have you got RAM warnings on yours? Because we have one in the house, and we occasionally get RAM warnings. And then I discover, oh, I need to uninstall these Rosetta versions of Office, which that uh, were on it. <laughs> uh, I always, get, I do get a lot of RAM warnings. It's from like the Mac Paw. Yeah, thing. I get them all day, every day. Yeah, Sometimes that's the I one say, thing that th- there, there was something that uh, we still occasionally get as the the RAM stuff. Uh, okay, okay, no, yeah, I mean, I do get that, but. I don't know. It doesn't really translate into anything. Like sometimes I'll say like free up space. Sometimes I'll say ignore and like nothing changes. Yeah. It's weird. Cause like the, um, swapping doesn't seem to be an issue with SSDs as fast as Ram. I don't get like why they warn you at this point. Yeah. But I mean, overall I've been, I've been very happy with the Mac. Like what I use the MacBook Air for, it's been perfect. You know, I have, I've, I've not edited a video on here, so don't, yeah. be, don't get it. If you're going to like do a lot of like 4k editing on Final Cut Pro. But at the same time you could, speak. Um, yeah, people say it still works. I mean, I edited in the on my MacBook Air for 2011 and Final Cut Pro. It probably was, it wasn't 4K, mind you, but yeah. it still ran Final Cut pretty well. And actually, I think I probably did play around with 4K, and it'll do it fine. The export just takes forever. Um, and if you're not dealing with, I don't know. No, yeah, I used. Yeah. I think my I think I used maybe like a 2012 or 2013 MacBook Air, but I had like a pirated version of Final Cut Pro back yeah. in the day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that's what I used to edit, and it worked. Yeah, it worked. I mean, it worked it's fine. better. Obviously, I had better hardware, but I mean, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure you could definitely do it now. But yeah, so if you're even if you're dealing with like 100 lines or 100 rows of whatever on Excel, it still works. Yeah, that's another thing. That's that's another thing where Excel beats numbers. If I try to open a big numbers file, I get I get the the beach ball. Huh. I get the beach wild. ball, which is so sad. It is. Versus in Excel, it opens, and mind you, I'm on the same exact computer. That's open weird. them side by, open them side by side. Yeah, yeah numbers feels like it's designed for like a very small like. It's for you to like do your at home budget. Usually you know? pretty spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, it's for you to do like your monthly budgeting. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, yeah, if iPad OS yeah. updates uh, this year with like true window support on a monitor, that might be what you need. And you can yeah, because I I don't want I don't want Mac OS on the iPad. Yeah, you just like want like Quick Note Windows uh, version. Yeah, of for like I, I love iPad OS and the, the App Store on the iPad is freaking fantastic. Yeah. All right. So like, don't replace it with Mac OS. Just give me just give me some sort of multi window support, like floating windows. Yeah. And that'll be a happy camper. Yeah. Hopefully they get there. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Quick Note gives hopefully me hope because that thing is great. Right. A little something. Yeah. Because I don't know Apple like the last two updates. If it wasn't for Universal Control. It would have been bad. Yeah. So we would have gone away. It would have been a while because we got like Scribble with 14, which was last yeah. time we scribbled. Yeah. I, I don't use it much. Um, yeah. I mean, the last update, what it really did is it let people that don't use a keyboard or their iPad use all the multitasking. Yeah. Like, I mean, multitasking you, easier. Yeah. If you're a tablet user, it was huge. If you're a keyboard user, it's like, oh, I already have this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to put it, actually. I like that. Because I, I did like what they did with the multitasking, the gesture based 
made it a little bit more functional, I think. Yeah, because before, I would, I'd be on my iPads. Oh, i got to put on the keyboard to pull up Spotlight and do this thing. Yeah. Get around on the tablet. Um, well, anyways, yeah. um, this has been a ton of fun. Um, where can people find uh, your videos and your channel? Uh, just look up Fernando Silva iPad. It's under Nando Prince. Just kind of kept that from a very, very long time. Cool. Because um, I grew up in Princeton. Yeah. Fernando. I think that's what it was. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then I'm also on Twitter, big on Twitter, Nando Prince ninety three. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. It's it's been great, and ho- hopefully, I can chat with you uh, later. Oh yeah, let's do it. Then. No, I appreciate you having me. Well, that was my review with Fernando. Make sure to check out his YouTube channel and his Twitter at Nando Prince ninety three. My thanks again to Fernando for his time recording this conversation. My thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in. As a reminder, you can support the podcast over at patreon.com slash iPadPros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. My thanks to everyone that supports the podcast. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.